This life-changing message comes to you from Church of the Harvest. It's our prayer that this message will inspire your life and bring hope to your future. Know that the Word of God is powerful, and we need His Word. And we've been looking at, we've been in the series on choices, or your greatest power is the power of choice. And we have choices. We can choose to pray, or we can choose to complain. We can choose to look to God, or we can look to man, or look to the world. By the way, I had some awesome prayer answered this week. Uh, I know at the Hope House, they had a man with cataracts that was healed. His eyes are healed. I'll tell you a real, time is a real quick, very cool miracle that, uh, how many know Phil Smithhurst, uh, one of the missionaries we, we support as a church, and uh, this happened recently, he was holding a meeting, I forgot what part of Africa, and it was with pastors, and there's this pastor there that was a uh, denominational pastor, and he's teaching, and he's just saying, you know, God's the same today, yesterday, and forever, and he still does miracles, and and this guy, it was a real challenge to him. And uh, he was a very nice guy, loves the Lord, but it was a real challenge to him. And uh, anyway, a couple weeks later, he left, uh, Phil did, left that place. And a couple weeks later, his, his daughter was pregnant, and she went into labor and died. And that happened at 11 o'clock uh, at night. At 5 o'clock that morning... He remembered what Phil had been preaching. And he said, Lord, if that's true, that you're the same today, then raise my daughter from the dead. Immediately she set up. Three days later, she had her baby. Isn't that a cool miracle? <laughs> God still does the miraculous. And I'm so thankful that we can choose to pray. We can choose to look to him and look to his word. But we can make wrong choices. How many have made wrong choices before? How many are lying? No, never mind. Okay. We can make the wrong choice. We're looking at Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 19. It's our theme verse. It says, I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you that have set before you life and death Blessing and cursing, therefore choose life that both you and your descendants may live. This is God speaking and he's telling us to choose. We can choose life and blessing or we can choose death and curses. And then in case we are confused and don't know which choice to make, he says choose life by the way. Choose life. You ever felt that way? I just, I don't even know what to choose. <laughs> God, tell me. Choose life. Choose the blessing of the Lord. And we looked at life choices or choices consistent of God's commands, his values, and principles. But this tells us we can make good choices. We can choose life. We can choose the blessing. And we make choices each and every day. And they're either life or death. They are going this way or going that way. But we want to be a people who are making progress, so we're making 
life choices. In Romans chapter 6, verse 16, don't you realize that you become the slave of whatever you choose to obey? You can be a slave to sin, which leads to death, or you can choose to obey God, which leads to righteous living. He said you can choose to obey God. How many want to choose to obey God? Now, he didn't say choose to obey me when you can obey me perfectly. Notice that. And we always want to wait to make a decision to choose to obey him when we can obey him perfectly. We can do it when we're obeying him in. But you never could obey God in your own strength anyway. God doesn't expect you to in your own strength. You can't do it. We have to have God's ability and God's strength in order to do that. But he's looking for our mind. He's looking for our will to make a decision. And we need to choose God. We need to choose to obey him. And when we do, his grace can come and we can be strengthened to carry through. Now, what happens if you mess up? You get forgiveness and continue on. You march on because you're not going to be perfect. But life choice is choosing to obey God. And then we started talking about last week choices to happen on the subconscious level. These are choices that you don't really even think about. It's just seemingly like you just make them and your mind doesn't slow down enough to think it out or think it through. We can go weeks, maybe months, and we're just going business as normal on autopilot and these decisions are made because we saw it comes from the heart. It's programmed from the heart. Autopilot. You can be flying your plane, you put it on autopilot, you go take a nap, you hope the program on that autopilot is going to Florida and not Cuba. You hope it's programmed right. The trouble is, is when we make those we have those subconscious decisions. There are deft choices or deft choices that lead to curses and, and causes to be choosing to obey sin and leading us to death. And we all have choices. We all are making choices in some area of our life that's not a life choice. Say, ouch. Okay. Hebrews 4.12, for the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow, as a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. When you're not a believer, your spirit and your soul are in perfect unity. They're walking together. They're walking down the path, not the righteous path, unrighteous path, and they're flowing that way. Not saying that everything in, in you is bad, there can be good choices, but the intent, the purpose, you're in unity and you're going the wrong way. When you get saved, you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, the Word of God comes into you and splits your spirit and soul. All of a sudden, they're not in unity anymore. The Spirit is following God. The Holy Spirit has come to live within your spirit. You're a new creation, but your soul is not saved. It's a progressive processing of salvation. 
So you have this conflict. The Bible talks about the battle of the mind. There's this warfare going on internally within us. You remember I talked about when I got saved, I went and tried to get saved again every week because there was this voice telling me you're not saved because you just acted ugly. So I need to get saved. So I go get saved again. But there came a point where the conflict on the inside stopped because I said, wait a minute, Romans 10, 9, and 10 says, if I confess, believing in my heart, that Jesus was raised from the dead again, if I believe and confess him as my Lord, then I'm saved, whether I feel like it or not, whether I walk perfectly or not, I'm saved. You know what? The conflict stopped. The battle stopped. The enemy can't come now and say, Hey, Bob, you're not saved. I probably wouldn't pay attention to him. I might laugh at him. I mean, it just wouldn't mean anything. Why? Because my soul and my spirit are in unity and strength, and it is a heart belief now that cannot be taken. And see, our part is to take care of that soul now that we're saved. It says here in Hebrews 4.12, the joints are compared to the soul. Joints hinge our bones together where our bodies can move. And then it talks about the spirit as compared to the marrow. Marrow in the bones produces blood. The Bible says life is in the blood. Your spirit is your life force, but your soul is the hinge that connects you to the spirit and the outside world. So we could read this verse. It says, the word is a discerner of the thoughts that come from our soul, which is our mind, will, and emotions, and intents, which is our spirit, the intention, the, that, that life force that comes out of the heart. So the soul and spirit are part of the heart. And once you understand this, Scripture changes. Once you understand this, everything can change for you, and you can start understanding why there were some things you were believing God for that you didn't receive. Because you received from the heart. Everybody say the heart. So spirit and the soul are part of the heart. So we have this automatic programming, and the programming comes out of the heart. It's interesting, when we look at the Bible, it says that we receive from the heart. Now, everywhere you see heart now, it'll change. It says, now the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Why? It's programmed. You might be able to handle it for a while, but when you get up at 3 o'clock in the morning, you stub your toe, and the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. It says, when you search for me with all your heart, I'll be found. See, it's in the part-time relationship. I, don't, I didn't get married to Ellen and say, hey, baby, I'll give you 50% of my heart. Well, I, I need to be, I need some medical help after that. I, was, uh, I just got hit with a cooking pot, a baseball bat. I mean, everything's being flung at me. She doesn't want 50%. She wants 100 Jesus, our Lord and Savior, wants 100%. He wants her whole heart. So I've got this little illustration. And I want you to, these huge glasses, 
I want you to look at these as your belief system. Because out of your heart, that belief system is what is leading your life. In fact, where you're at right now, exactly where you're at, is where your belief system has brought you, where your beliefs have brought you. That's the reason we see people win the lottery. Most of them lose the money. is because their heart level isn't up to sustain that. So they lose it. You can do it temporarily. You're all going, well, give me a try. (laughs) You will always go to the level of your heart. So, I'm going to put these on. (laughs) Now, when I look through these glasses, and you have them too. We don't know we're wearing these. We can't see them, but we have them. And they started when we came out of the womb. Some of you had them on in the womb. No. Never mind. Wrong picture. <laughs> when you came out, you had these, these glasses. And everything in your life, the atmosphere, your parents, the, the things that happen in your life, those years are causing the beliefs of your heart to be formed. So we have hundreds of these because we see each and every situation through a different lens. I see my world through these lenses. I see myself. I see my money. I see my future. I see my relationships. I see God through these lenses. Take a person who has been abused by their their father Say it's the hardest person to get saved or to turn their heart to God, Father God. Why? The picture that they have, they're looking through the wrong lenses. And that lens is stopping them. That perception, those beliefs are making them think that God's not a good father. And why did God do this? Or why did God allow this? They need to understand God wasn't in that. That wasn't God. So we go through life with these beliefs. And I need a... David, why don't you come up here? I need a volunteer. Let's give David a hand. Now, let's say I, I come up to David and I say, Hey, I tell you what, I really like that red shirt you got on. And... Dave being nice, he probably said, well, thank you. And now in his mind, he's thinking, hmm, something's missing here. Must have cataracts or needs to go to Colorado and they got something you can smoke for that problem now. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> but but let's, let's say the next day, Dave starts thinking about this and he calls me up and says, uh, hey, Pastor, that, that shirt is white, not red. I say, oh, it's red to me. It's red. He calls me up the next day and the next day. Then he's at my doorstep. He knocks on the door. I come answer. Hey, Dave, how's it going? I want you to know, he says, this shirt 
is white. I said, man, it's red. It's red. And he starts getting upset at me. The vein comes out here. <laughs> he starts spitting and sputtering a little bit this way. And says, it is white. I said, it's red. Now, how many know it's going to keep looking red to me until I get these off? Have you ever looked at something, seen the same thing, but the person you're with sees something different? Oh, come on. How many are married? In a relationship? Okay. Enough said. <laughs> we, we see and perceive differently, but I, I want to change, I want to say, see a white shirt, but, and I hope to, but I can't until maybe I get a revelation. Something changes, and my eyes get open, and these come off. And then I look at, hey, that's a white shirt. And see, this white shirt might be your promotion. This white shirt might be the direction, might be conquering that fear in your life. This white shirt might be you decided to date again. You've been divorced and just too afraid to get out there again. And it could be taking that step to start that business. It could be forgiving someone who has just made your life miserable. It could be a number of things, but seeing nothing happens until that belief system is changed. And see, that happens. Let's give Dave a hand. That happens in the arena of the heart. And we think we've got it all. It's the spirit. Well, we do have it all in the spirit, but it's got to be filtered through the soul. And the soul is part of the heart and we receive from God from the heart. What does God look at? The heart. What gets you into heaven? The Spirit. Say the Spirit. That's where you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Well, how many ever had a faith failure? I shouldn't say a faith doesn't fail, but I have. Believing God, standing, believing for this, and then doesn't happen. Well, did God fall off the throne? Did God fail? What was the problem? The problem was us. And probably that thing, that seed that went in the heart hadn't been fully grown yet. And we were trying to get a harvest all of a sudden that something that hadn't come up. Now I'll explain some more about that. Think about many times people will fight to defend something that's not even working for them. You ever had that? Had a couple years ago. They wanted to meet after church. Can you meet for just a moment? We really need prayer. They were new church that sure come by. And said, we are having financial difficulties. My husband's got this job, and we just need more. I said, okay, let's look at a couple of scriptures. You know, God wants to bless you. He wants you to 
have more. He wants you to prosper. Read the scriptures. And they said, we don't believe in that stuff. I said, what stuff? That God wants to prosper us and bless us. I said, but he does. No. And they get upset. Why? Belief system. I mean, this is their beliefs. And they finally go, look, let's just agree to disagree and you pray. And I'm thinking inside, what am I going to pray? So I prayed the only thing I could pray. Lord, open their eyes to see that you won't bless them. And that went over real well. Anyway. But I couldn't help it. I didn't know what to pray. <laughs> They're not with us. Okay. But I, I loved them. I, I actually talked to him later and said, you really got to change. He lost his job. They left church. They lost, he lost his job. And it was promotion. And he was sabotaging himself because he really didn't believe God wanted to promote him and bless him. A belief system that has to be changed from the heart. Any place that you're being limited, there's a belief system that's limiting you. We all have our standards, money, relationship. We all have our, our place, but God wants the limits off. It's through the belief system of the heart. How many have ever heard voices in their head? Blah, 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 don't do it God's way. Well, see, once you get in the heart, you can stop that voice. Not saying there won't be other voices. How many have more than one voice? <laughs> and those voices talk. Don't tell anybody that, ever. No, <laughs> no we, we deal with these things, but you can stop those voices by getting the truth in your heart, and that place, it is a revelation. You are resting in it. It's yours, and nothing can take it. And that's what we want to get to. Transformation takes place in the heart. If you want something to change, you change it from the inside out. God works from the inside out. We want to change everything out there, and God wants to change the inside. It's a heart transformation that brings forth the change. So we got to reprogram our life by changing our heart. James 1.21, so get rid of all uncleanness and the rampant outgrowth of wickedness and a humble, gentle, modest spirit. Receive and welcome the word which implanted and rooted where? In your hearts contains the power to save your soul. So it's a part of your heart not saved. It's a soul. And how is it saved? Through the word of God that's implanted and rooted in your hearts. That means you've got to get in the Bible. You've got to get in the Word. You've got to get the Word inside of you and let it become your belief system. Let His values, His command, His principles become your automatic palate. Become the place that you live from. Because the Bible says, out of the heart flows the issues of life. You're living now your heart now. If you want change, you want more, change your heart. And program it to God's word and what God says. 
So we know that our, our spirit is instantly saved, our soul, our mind, will, emotions, it's a progressive salvation, and our body has a future salvation. 1 Peter 1.23, having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. So I have to choose to renew my mind. It's a choice I make. God gives us a seed, which is the incorruptible word. He gives us word, but we have to plant it. And it's a spiritual seed. And when you take of this spiritual seed, it goes into your heart. And what you do with it there determines whether it will become a belief or not. It has to grow. It's just like any seed. It has to be watered. It has to be fertilized, weeded out, and that thing will grow and bring forth a harvest. And once that harvest comes forth, it's yours. You have revelation. You have it. You rest in it. You won't wave in that area. Like I said, the enemy can come against me, say you're not saved. I won't wave in that area because it's in my heart. I know I've got it. Can you lose something that you have in your heart? I believe you can. I believe you can get away from God. I know people that have. They stop praying. They stop reading the Word. They stop going to church. They did these things, and after a period of time, their heart, uh, their heart got hardened and actually turned against God. It's an ongoing relationship that he wants, a, a fellowship with him. And I, I used this example before, but it's one of the best that the Lord has given me. It's the test. I crammed the night before to take the test. All I'm after is at least a C in, in high school, at least a C, because that kept me on the basketball team. That's all I wanted. Didn't care about anything else. I was going to play NBA, <laughs> me and KD. <laughs> you see the lenses I was looking through? <laughs> what I needed somebody was to come and jerk those lenses off. MBA, MBA, here I come. Practice, practice, play. I'm on, go MBA, MBA. Nobody tell me, very few make it. I should have known that day on the playground when that little bitty kid dunked it over me. I, I should have known. No MBA. But no, I thought I'd get on the, uh, they had this jumping machine, new thing that would get you up higher. And I said, oh, great, I'm on go work out, I'm going to get up a little higher where I can play in the NBA. So I ain't care about school. Once reality hit, you're not playing no NBA. What? you got to be kidding me. You're not playing no NBA. What am I going to do then? Uh, uh, I don't know. <laughs> Is there something after basketball? I mean, I used to sleep in my basketball and sing Basketball Jones. Anybody here remember that song? Raise your hand if you remember that song. Bless you. Bless you. <laughs> I had to go back to school. I had to take the courses that I crammed and passed because I didn't know them. It wasn't on my heart. It wasn't information that meant something. They could have given me the test probably the next day and I would have failed it. Because I just cram myself of information. You can hear the word of God and have it not affect you. And have it not, have no effect. 
It's the word that you think about and you ponder and you meditate on. It's that word that gets planted in the heart. You can be unaffected by it. That's what I was. Went to my graduation, got my... (laughs) People would ask me, what courses are you taking? In the catalog, I said, well, I'm not in the catalog. I'm trying to get in the catalog. Very humbling. So I'm talking about belief system, my values, my principles, get in my heart where I can have that rest and peace or revelation. I own it. The Word of God is in seed form. So when I take in God's Word, I'm taking in the seed. When I study, meditate, I'm putting the seed in there, but I'm also keeping it there. I'm watering it and causing that thing to grow in my heart, that harvest to come forth. How many have ever planted the garden? You get these little seeds, and you get the package, you take it out, and those little seeds look nothing like the picture on the package. You mean this little thing's going to But sure enough, you plant in the garden, It comes up, it looks like the picture, some of the time, it looks like the picture that's on that package. But the Word of God is a perfect seed, and it has the potential to produce the very picture that you see from that Word. But it has to be planted, and it has to stay there and grow. I think a lot of times we're impatient and don't let it grow. And then we're upset. We feel like God's let us down. Or we get under condemnation. Maybe somebody told you, you just need some faith. You ever want to smack somebody and said that to you? Just need some faith. Oh, you just need (laughs) us. But see... The the thing is to know we're all in the same boat and we're all in process and we don't don't receive it. There's no condemnation. We're all moving forward. We're all learning. We're all growing. So don't let it get get to you to to the point you stop planting seeds and you stop looking for harvest. Mark 4.24 in the Amplified, and he said to them, be careful, this is Jesus speaking, what you're hearing. The measure of thought and study you give to the truth you hear will be the measure of virtue and knowledge that comes back to you and more besides will be given to you who hear. So here we see that that truth, when you ponder on it, when you meditate on it, it's revealed, it's expanded in you, it gets into the heart. And, And really, I think when thoughts or information, when there's emotion attached to it, that's one of the ways you can tell it's getting into the heart. It's not just like you're reading something. There's a, a more of a connection. It's emotion. You remember the souls, the mind, will, emotion? There's this deep emotion with it. There's this tie tied to it. Meditation, you see this in your notes, means to ponder, to give serious thought and consideration to, to mutter, to speak, to revolve around in the mind, to commune with your own heart, and to imagine. And whether we realize it or not, we're all the time meditating. 
in meditation. You are. You know what worry is? Meditation on the negative side. How many have ever been to a movie? You meditated for a couple hours. You gave serious thought and consideration to what's going on to the point it started affecting you emotionally. Or like me the other night at small group, trying not to be the only man there crying. <laughs> Emotions. And it's make-believe. People are getting paid. <laughs> but see, we meditated on it and experienced it. And we, we uh, got our emotions tied into it. What was that? Meditation. Problem is, when we meditate on the wrong things, we like to meditate on the lie. We need to meditate on the truth. Don't meditate on the bondage. Meditate on the bondage breaker. Meditate on the Lord Jesus Christ and what he says about us. People meditate on the bitterness and they choose not to forgive because that thing just grows bigger and bigger and bigger in them. We meditate after our argument. We meditate, this is what I should have said. This is what I'm going to say next time. What are we doing? We're meditating. We got the meditator meditating. Next time. <laughs> We're going to come out with it. But the Bible says to meditate on that which is good. Lovely, good report. Meditate on the Word of God. The promises are not yes sometimes and no sometimes. You ever heard that one? Well, the reason you didn't receive is because God said no. Well, it says the Bible, in the Bible it says promises are yes and amen. So it's not yes sometimes and no sometimes. It's yes all the time to His promise. But sometimes we don't receive it. Because we didn't get into the heart. We didn't get the harvest. You can program yourself to win in life. Establishing your heart in truth. Meditate. One of them is to speak. And I, I said something last week. I know some of you uh, were wondering about. I said that when we confess the word. And there's hundreds of scriptures in the Bible. Talking about confessing God's word saying God's word, or the power in the words that we speak. And I said they've done studies that only works in about 15% of the people. Let me tell you what those 15% they found that confess or do affirmations from the word of God, which I'm all for. The ones that receive it believe it that it's not a lie. They believe that they are persuading their heart. And that's the key. You've got to know... I've said stuff, there's no way in the world I believe this, what I'm saying, but I'm persuading my heart. You know you got persuaded by words to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord? The strongest, most alive, powerful word is the word of God, and you can persuade your heart to truth. You can do a heart washing. You can wash that soul. You can get the right beliefs on the inside of you by confessing the word. But when I confess it, the guy I told you who uh, was smoking and he started confessing, the Lord Jesus Christ has set me free from this. He's delivered me. Every time he'd smoke, he said, I'm, I'm not addicted to nicotine. I'm free from this in Jesus' name. 
He would do that while he was lighting up a cigarette and smoking. So just keep on doing it. Just keep on doing it. But I feel like a nut. Well, you are a nut, but you're a faith nut now. Don't tell anybody this. Just keep on doing it. You keep on doing it. Keep on doing it. One day, that thing starts to grow in the heart. And a harvest comes forth. You go to smoke, and he said, it made him feel nauseous. Threw it down. Never picked it up again. It's just been two or three years ago. Never picked up again. Why? A harvest came in the heart. You can persuade your heart. You can speak to your heart. The Bible says life and death are in the power of the tongue. You need to feed yourself from your mouth life. Feed yourself life and bring forth a harvest. But you're establishing your heart on truth. My, my time's up here. I'll just, 1 Timothy 4.12 says, Let no one despise your youth, but be an example to believers in word, conduct, and love, and spirit, and faith, and purity. Till I come, give attention to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. Do not neglect the gift that's in you. Find the place uh, to serve. I, I, I put that uh, in there was given to you by prophecy, by the laying on hands of the eldership. Meditate on these saints. Give yourself, say entirely. What's entirely? It's your whole heart. That your progress may be evident to all. Wouldn't it be great if people saw us and said, well, there's a believer. Look at them. Their conduct, their love, their faith, their purity. That must be a Christian. How do you get there? You meditate and give yourself entirely to God. You meditate and give yourself to the Lord, your whole heart. And it says it'll be evident to all the progress that you're making. They'll see the difference. The world wants, wants and needs to see a true Christian. Not perfect. God wants the world to see a believer that loves him and is devoted to him, their whole heart. Meditation brings the book to life. Meditation, bring forth a harvest from your heart. And then finally, <laughs> Philippians 4 8, finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are noble, whatsoever things are just, wherever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are good rapport, if there be in virtue, if there anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Question What is he talking about? He said things are true, noble. Just, pure, lovely, of good report. Is the word just? Is the word noble? Is the word of good report? He's talking about the Bible. He's talking about God's word. Meditate on God's word. And I guarantee you, a miracle happen in your life. You'll not be the same. The key to getting things in your heart is meditation. And I'd say most Christians don't meditate at all. They meditate on the negative. We need to meditate on the truth. It says the truth that you know. When do you know it? When it's in your heart. When it's in your heart. Let's bow our heads. Father, we thank you for your word today. Father, we're, we're learning, we're growing. We thank you for revelation, knowledge, 
the, this truth, Lord, that, that our soul and our spirit make up the heart. And we receive. We speak to the mountain, Lord. We don't doubt in our heart. The mountain moves. Lord, help us. Give us uh, that understanding to walk in this truth today. And God, I thank you. We are fully devoted believers. We truly love you. We're so thankful and grateful for all that you've done. What you did at the cross. And today, if you've never made that choice to accept Jesus Christ as the Lord of your life, you have a choice. He'll not make this choice for you. Hell is not God's choice for you. Hell is God giving you or honoring your power of choice. It's what it is. You choose life, the author of life, the Lord Jesus Christ. Most important decision of this lifetime that affects all your eternity. If that's you today, I'm not going to ask you to come down. I'm going to ask you to raise your hand just a moment. Maybe you're not connected with the Lord. You prayed this before, but you know you are not where you need to be. And you need to get reconnected with Him. You can get in on this prayer too and get reconnected to Jesus. His arms are open wide and welcomes you. That's you for either invitation. Won't you just lift up your hand? We'll all pray together. Thank you, Lord. Yes, see that hand. Any others? Thank you, Jesus. God is so good. Let's pray this together. Say, dear God. I choose life. Therefore, I choose Jesus to be my Lord and Savior. I give my whole heart to you, Lord. I believe you were raised from the dead. I believe this in my heart, and I confess it with my mouth. Thank you for saving me. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Empower me to live this life. For your honor and glory, in Jesus' name, amen. Let's give God thanks. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. If you'd like to get more information about resources from Church of the Harvest, please check out our website at midsouthharvest.org. You may also contact us by phone at 662 662- 890-1573 or toll free at 866-383-8277. You are-